When we review what Peter has been trying to tell aliens, they're living in an alien country not only because they are Christians in the midst of an evil world, they're living in an alien nations for many of them. That's not where they're from. And so he wants to warn them and, and let them know. It's always, it's kind of why we have road signs, warnings, curve up ahead. The, the, their directions are for our benefit, not for our harm. And this is why Peter is writing, because God created the church. And he created the church in such a way and gave us such power that he expects us to use that. He expects us to be prepared for anything. And too many times we simply uh, are not looking at the road ahead. Peter was warning these people, you better be prepared for suffering. You better be prepared that people will come after you even to the point of possibly losing your life. Uh, that's why I titled this message, Being Prepared to Die, Frees Us to Live. If you already know the end of your life, and I'm not talking about the date and time, but if you already know your eternal destination, when maybe the worst may happen to you, or maybe you live out a long life, the end is determined. You close your eyes in death, you open your eyes right in the face of Jesus Christ. When you know that, it frees you to live life, the life that Christ called us and gave us, which was an abundant life. Peter, we need to know something, though. The ultimate enemy is not people. You know, we, we run into problems when we begin to view the enemy as people, because that brings malice into our lives, that brings hardness into our lives, that brings jealousy, it brings pride, and sin begins to build in us because we identify people as the enemy. Peter's going to tell us in chapter 5, we have an enemy. He is a roaring lion. He's creeping around trying to find a way not just to grab you, but to devour you. The enemy is Satan. He has been a common enemy to mankind ever since the garden experience. That's why Christ was sent by God on a mission. His mission was and already knew to him Jesus knew when he came to earth, he was going to die. He, that was the ultimate trip he was making. He came to earth to be that Messiah that had been promised people. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it's explained pretty good. May God made him Jesus who had no sin to be sin for you and I, so that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. That is the mission that Jesus came 
to this earth for. Not just to free us. You see, there are people that have the idea in creation that God created the heavens and earth. He got it all fixed and in order. And then he checked out in some distant place, sitting on a throne, seeing what we would do with it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because we see him after creating everything, walking, talking, communing with the people that he had created. God is involved in everything in this life. Therefore, just because Jesus has left and gone back, he said, I, if I don't go, I can't send you the promised spirit, the spirit, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the one who will empower, equip, encourage, strengthen us, and convict us. If he didn't go, he couldn't send. Jesus did not leave the body of Christ as orphans in this world. Now, in baptism, we say that we are identifying with Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And so we are. But I want you to understand that identity goes further than the baptismal pool. It goes to, towards his attitude. We are to identify with the attitude of Christ. In fact, Paul challenged us and he said, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. In John six thirty eight, For I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but... To do the will of him who sent me. His attitude was, I'm going on a mission and I'm going to fulfill it. And I, it's not that I come to this earth and live my life in my will. Because you see, Jesus came as fully God and fully man. He was the God man. We'll see later where everything, every type of temptation that we are faced with, Jesus himself faced. He said, from the beginning when I leave and come down, and now while I am here till I go back, I've come for one purpose, to do the will of my Father. Philippians chapter 2. Your attitude, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing. Taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the death, even the death on a cross. He came as a servant. We should have that attitude in us. We're not here to be served. We are here to serve. Who do we serve? We serve each other. We serve people we don't know. Our whole role in life and attitude is that we're here for the will of the Father. Jesus Christ called me out of the dark into the light, out of the tomb I was living in, into life. And therefore, I, my whole job, my whole desire is to do the will of the Father, to walk humbly as a servant and not to think more highly of myself than I should. Not only that, he sought God's will. Second Peter 
Chapter 3, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's his heart. Jesus Christ wants everyone to come to repentance. We have to remind ourselves. We've identified with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Do we do we identify him in seeking God's will? What is that? That simply means as as small a step of inviting someone to come with you even to this service. I met several people today who have brought their neighbors. God bless you. Thank you. That's the only way the gospel is going to be spread. We had a gentleman here a couple of weeks ago. He was from out of town. He went home and he put the message on Facebook. And not only that, he's a part of five or six other groups and he sent the message there. And as a result, over 498 people heard the gospel of Jesus Christ in that one day. Now, let me ask you something. I know you're involved in social media. When you go home, look this time up, share it to everybody that you know, and let's expand the borders because the will of the Father was that no one perish. My greatest heartbeat is that no one, no one has to face the depths of hell for an eternity. That's the, the will. That's the seeking that Christ had. That's what we're to identify with. John 5 says this, by myself, realize this, by myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. One of the most penetrating questions we are, we can ask ourselves. When you wake up in the morning, who do you want to please? What is the goal of your life? To end the day to say, I had a great day. Great things happened to me. Or do you wake up realizing that you are on a mission? And many of us in our times, we know where that mission field may be. So many times we don't. It's every place you put your foot is a mission field. Not only that, we need to identify. Identify with a transformation from the past into the present. When we look at Galatians 2.20, a very... Uh, everyone knows this verse. I have been crucified. Uh, I take this and say, we have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. We need to realize that the authority of God's word says, when we come to Christ, the old man is dead. And we spend most of our time giving mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to a body that's dead. Because once Christ comes in, the flesh is dead. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You say, what about my life? Okay, the life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Understand something. People, you come to, to Jesus by grace through faith. And that same faith is the faith 
that we live every day with. It's an amazing thing that we are bold in our expressing our faith in Christ. I'm a Christian, I know it. But yet we tremble at the things that are put in our path. You don't get issued different types of faith. The one faith where you put your whole self, your whole life, everything that you are into the hands of a risen Savior is that same faith that you face every day with. Second Chronicles 5.17 reminds us, if anyone is in Christ, they are instantly a new creation. Old is gone. New is come. And it is, I say it's instantaneous because God says it is. And yet we begin to grow into who we are. We need to, to keep the old man dead. We need to keep him buried. Paul will tell us every day of our life, we need to take off the old and put on the new. These are things we need to understand. Not only that, we need to identify with this hope for eternal life. John 10, 28. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Do you realize that? Stop worrying about your bad luck or good luck. Stop worrying about stuff that has not happened. I think I told you I had an aunt who literally willed herself to die of a heart attack. Because in the short time I knew her, she had about 161 heart attacks. Except when she got to the hospital, everything was fine. But in her mind, she suffered one. And finally, the doctor, her doctor finally said, she finally got what she wanted. You see, folks, you're living your spiritual life that way. You wonder why there's no victory in your life? It's because you're, you're living in doubt and fear of what you can do. And it is Christ in us. That is our hope. They'll never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. The devil can't touch you. Amen. I wanted to say that because we in this country, I hate to inform you people who think you are persecuted. You are not. We in the United States of America do not know what persecution is. We may have people insult us, but... People will insult you if you say you're for the wrong college team. There's a lot of way for people not to like you. I thank God in one way that we have not been called on to suffer persecution. In my travels, I've been to a place where you dare not, even me, dare not say anything about Christ in the open for fear of what happens to the people that hear. But what are we? What are we? What are we struggling with? What is our greatest persecution? Temptation. Temptation. And see, we forget that Jesus' greatest suffering was when he died on the cross. But that Jesus, every day when he got up and put on his sandals, he faced temptation just like you. In fact, it said he is tempted as we are, yet no sin. 
You see, we're working on keeping our old man dead, and we face these temptations. Now, I want you to know that the battle with sin is going to be over. And I'm going to re- tell you where it's going to be over. First Peter 4.1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, therefore means look back, and he's talked about sufferings of Christ, sufferings of people. Since Christ suffered in his body, Arm yourself with the same attitude. Here we go again. Adjust that mind. Adjust that thinking. Because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. One of these days, Christ is going to call you home. All of us are going to face death. And I love that little thumb in the nose at sin that we sing as the body, as that spirit floats out. You know, Paul wrote it. You ever heard that song? Oh, sure you have. I imagine my spirit floating away and it says, Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Nya, 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 nya. I mean, we all think about it that way. Because when we're in Christ, sin's over. That's great. And what it's talking about suffering, when you suffer, getting that old man to die. And, and sometimes that's very suffering. And you, you suffer with sin and you suffer with trials. You suffer with temptation. One day, remember, that final destination is set and we float off to glory. But I want to tell you something else. When you and I in the living here and now, when we realize that if we keep that old man dead, every morning just wake up and realize... My old man is dead. Here's what happens. First Peter chapter 4. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life <clears throat> with, for human evil desires. But brother, we live for the will of God. Excuse me a minute. I begin to tell you. In the beginning of this message, we talked about attitude, 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 attitude. What is our attitude? This is, this is the issue that we have. So what is our suffering through temptations? Peter tells us that in 1 Peter chapter 4. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering. Do not be surprised as a child of God that you are now faced with all of the temptations that you never had before you came to Christ. I've had people tell me that. Preacher, I didn't have this problem before I come to Christ. You know why? You were doing exactly what Satan wanted you to do, and he did not have to make up anything for you to do. You were there. When you make the choice, temptation comes. And it's... Not a strange thing that's happening to us. James, in the first chapter, gives us, says this. Consider it pure joy. How many of you consider it pure joy when you face temptations and trials? You just clap your hands and jump, do a little jig. Count it all joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its course and its work so that you may be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. Isn't that joyful? Did did you hear what it says? 
when we are engaged with the attitude that we are going to face this, and not only that, we're going to be victorious over it, that develops a perseverance. It's like when you begin to walk, you walk around a block one time and you call for 911. But if you do that every day, pretty soon you're jogging around that block. Pretty soon you're out of your neighborhood. That's called perseverance. And I wonder why we develop perseverance in our life for everything else except living for Christ. Well, you say, I heard somebody thinking, well, I'm, I'm just not equipped for it. Second Peter chapter 1 wants to argue with you. His divine power has given us, what's that word? Say it out loud. Everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. Hold that right there. You see, this is the kicker. If your Bible study depends on Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, or Sunday, and that you don't crack your Bible, even to the point of not even reading 1 Peter, and we've been in it for months, then you need to understand that because of your lack of knowledge in Him, you will struggle. You will live constantly under the circumstances. But... We've been given everything we need through a knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and own goodness. Isn't that good news? We're equipped. Say, I'm equipped. Say it like you mean it. All right. Just stand in the mirror tomorrow morning. I'm equipped. Bring your best on, world. I'm prepared in Christ. You see, we're equipped to face and overcome. See, we not only face it, we overcome it. Everything life throws at us. Everything God has, everything is available to us. But it's like something on the shelf that you need and you want. And you won't reach out and get it. See, God has equipped you. God has given you a strength you're not even aware of. And he said, in this world, you're going to have trials, troubles, and tribulation. But be of good courage. I've overcome the world. It's my heart's desire to see this building grow. With people who have grabbed the will of God, they don't want people to go to hell. They're fighting that battle every day and they're winning when they're not. They're calling a brother or sister in Christ saying, pray for me. I really, I really had a struggling day. That's the synergy you get when you are around people. Pastor Greg that was on the platform just a minute ago, he and I spent a lot of time in one office or the other just encouraging. Why? Because we're double the age of just about everybody else that's on, on staff. And we encourage each other. Just keep going, man. Another step, another day. That's the synergy you can't find at home sitting by yourself. Because the only person who will be there is Satan to discourage you. So you got everything you need. Could I ask you a question? What are you doing with it? May I encourage you to pray until God develops an attitude of overcoming. 
that what's happening to me, this temptation, is just strengthening me for the next step. It's making me persevere through all things. I have a strength that comes from Christ. Believe that's what I ask you to pray for this morning. But you may be here and you don't know Christ. You may be listening. And you have no idea what I'm talking about, this equipping. The Hebrew writer said, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? The answer is we want. Because when we die, we better be prepared to face God in judgment. You see, that's, that's the issue here. It's not this life you're living. Paul said many times, I don't care about this life. I'm just fulfilling the ministry God has given me. What I care about is when I stand before God, what he just say, well done. Unbeliever this morning, whether you're here or online, if you're online, there's a button that says, I've decided. Decide that you need Jesus. You hit that button, Pastor John will be right back with you, helping you. If you have questions about how, if you have questions about being baptized, hit that I have decided. You here this morning, this place is open for prayer. I'll be over here in the I have decided. I want you to make some kind of decision. Every time the message is preached, God demands an answer. What are we going to do with it? And just in case you don't know, I wake up to face the devil every day. There's no Superman cape on any pastor. There's no free ride for any pastor. If you are a leader of any kind of ministry, the X on your back gets bigger. But I'll tell you what. By the grace of God, he can take a shot because it's got to go through my Savior. And that's an attitude we need to, to think about in life. The things that people put on us to be afraid of, they'll dwindle. Oh, you'll be smart, but you're not going to live in fear. Would you come to Jesus today? Father, your word is just magnificent. Your word is true. Speak into hearts today. Convict of sin and lead to repentance and righteousness. Lord, let this truly be a decision. Hold us accountable. Make us miserable, Lord, when we don't make a decision in our life. What we're going to do. And then, Lord, show us just how strong we are in you. In Christ's name, amen.